0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash w-t-f <laughs> all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucksters what's happening i'm mark maron this is my podcast how's everybody doing you okay i'm a little sweaty i'm a little uh, i don't know man charlie watts is dead but it's weird. I uh, I love Charlie. I love the Rolling Stones. I listen to the Rolling Stones probably every week, at least once a week on purpose, not in passing, not as part of a playlist. I will listen to Rolling Stones records all the way through. I listened to Get Your Yayas Out over and over again a few months ago when I was hiking. I've been listening to Blue and Lonesome a lot. For some reason I I do listen to that Get Your Yayas Out because that is where I really first understood the power of Charlie oddly it's on that live record and oddly it was on a reissue of that live record there was a slight remix done I don't even know if the Stones like those reissues but I think the Abco reissues and I remember I got it a few years back and I used to listen to that album all the time Get Your Yayas Out yeah cuz it's got it's it's great live album. It's one of the best live albums because uh, <laughs> during those breaks, during Midnight Rambler, you heard about the Boston whank. and if you turn it up right there, you'll hear some guy go, "God damn!" and another and a woman go, "Ah, just scream!" and they do it through all the breaks. God damn! But I think I think what what really struck me on the remix was just how fucking tight that rhythm section was just how fucking tight bill and Charlie were and realizing that without that, everything is a fucking disaster. Like Keith, as great as he is famously, uh, one of the great rhythm guitar players. And I started thinking about that. And, you know, look, man, I love Keith. You, you, I, you, I love Keith. I love them all. All right. I miss Bill. I wasn't going to go see the Stones a few years ago with Dino because I just didn't feel right seeing him without Bill. But Dean talked me into it, and it was great. Daryl's great. But the thing about the rhythm section and hearing Keith talk about Charlie, you know, and their sort of unspoken kind of understanding of each other performatively is that Keith without Charlie and Bill would just be chaos. You know, it would sound, you know, disorganized, kind of like fragmented and stilted that Keith Richards, his entire sense of rhythm that evolved over time is only because of Charlie Watts and finding those holes and finding that place to float on Charlie's jam. And Charlie fucking had to follow Keith. And you don't even notice that. And that's got to be a chore at different points in time. So, without Charlie, you got nothing. You get no stones. I, I mean, look, you, you know, obviously, if they decide to tour and Steve Jordan goes out with him, I mean, he's a great drummer. But, I mean, throughout the whole thing, that there's no, really, Charlie is one of the most solid beats, keepers of time there is. And he can swing and stay on top of it at the same time. It's crazy how good he was. But if you really want to listen... You know, to the subtlety and the genius of that rhythm section, of Charlie and Bill specifically, give a listen to that Get Your Yaya's Out and listen close because they're holding it together. Charlie's holding the whole fucking thing together. How do you think Ronnie and, and Keith can do all that messy fucking swap that they do without Charlie kind of like just being the bedrock? You know what I mean? Charlie was great and just a real... Suave motherfucker, too. Great drummer. Great Rolling Stone. One out of five. Gone. Hmm. Great. Great charmer. Gonna miss him. I mean, I still got him. I still got all those fucking records. I got all those records. Charlie never leaves. And he lived a good life. And he lived a long life. Especially for a rock dude. Yeah. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Godspeed. Swing it. I forgot to tell you who's on the show because I wanted to honor Charlie. Uh, Today I'm going to talk to Kimmy Gatewood. Uh, She is one of my co-stars or was one of my co-stars on GLOW. Uh, She played one half of the Stacey and Dawn duo with her real life comedy partner, Rebecca Johnson. And actually, Kimmy and Rebecca were honestly very early comedy podcast adopters when they turned their Apple Sisters act, which was their bit, into one of the early scripted comedy podcasts. Kimmy's been uh, directing a lot of television uh, lately, and she just directed her first feature film, the Eliza Schlesinger movie Good on Paper which is now on netflix and uh, it was good to see her to reminisce to reminisce we reminisced before i forget on my tour i've added some shows first of all helium in st louis september 16 17 and 18 uh you can get tickets for that the neptune in seattle september 22nd uh is in is available i might add a second show if that sells out the aladdin theater in portland uh, is sold out but i've added another show that's on september 24th i just want to give you a heads up uh the dynasty typewriter show october 4th i'm not sure if there's tickets for that there might be new york comedy festival is now on sale for everyone that's november 13th at town hall get tickets for that okay that's the update on that good deal um so I've been festering about this thing on my finger primarily because here's the deal. You know, I've become somewhat resilient to trolling, but you know, I am not that resilient to suggestions about certain things that are actually worse for me than trolling. Like I was on my Instagram on Instagram live and I've got this thing. I'm under my fingernail on my index finger and someone on the Instagram live said, you should get that check for melanoma. So That was actually some of the finest trolling that I've ever been victim to because it's not finding my weakness around insecurity or jealousy or any of that shit. And it's not it's not really those kind of plain triggers of people with entertainers egos uh, that you can get all worked up. It was something more refined than that. And I don't think it was the intention of the person that said it to troll me. But it just, I was like, looked at my finger and I'm like, what is that? I mean, yeah, it looked like I would banged my finger, but I wasn't sure if I banged my finger because I didn't remember banging my finger. So I started to look at it. And then I, of course, Googled just a touch, just a tad fingernail melanoma, melanoma under nail. Didn't quite look like what I got, but, it, you know, enough for me to start festering and then for me to start thinking about melanoma and about how long would it take? Did it spread? What is going on? How do you get it out of there? That was my biggest thing. So I started festering about how if they have to get, even if it wasn't melanoma, what do you get? How do you got to get something out from under a finger? So because of my ability to spiral, especially with hypochondriacal panic, you know, I started to think like, well, I mean If it hasn't spread, which it probably has, so I'm probably got cancer, which means like I got to start that fight and I was just starting to enjoy my life. So that's probably going to happen. And do I really want to die that way? So I might want to start thinking, you know, sort of kind of frankly and honestly about, you know, ending my own life because I really don't want to just rot away of cancer by myself. Uh, I got to get my affairs in order and what, okay, let's say it hasn't spread. So then do I just lose the finger? Do I lose the tip of the finger? Am I going to be incapacitated right when I started enjoying playing guitar and playing out and uh, doing this stuff is now when I have to adjust to playing with partial finger with just part of my index finger on my fret hand. Do I have to make that adjustment? Would I make that adjustment? I'm not a professional musician. Why would I make the commitment of trying to play with three and a half fingers no one's going to give a shit about that miracle. I'm pretty limited player, and I'll just be the same limited player, only with a half a finger on my index finger. And maybe I'll get away with it. I don't know. And what is that going to look good cosmetically? Are they going to be able? Am I going to have some weird kind of tiny n- nail sticking out of the top? Am I going to be ashamed of my hand? Oh my god. So when am I going to the doctor? So I started to spin out and then, uh, you know, on the plane, I started pulling my cuticle back on the bottom so I could see how deep down the uh, melanoma went and just, you know, how much damage you're going to have to do to the finger if they have to sort of cut off the top or scoop it out. And then I, you know, I kind of like I, I fucked up my cuticle looking at that. And then I just went into full on panic and I was like, well, I don't even know the doctor I'm going to really on Wednesday, are they going to give a shit about me? You you know, they're they're part of my plan. I've been there before, but uh, I'm starting to think that some doctors, they just kind of blow through shit and they just kind of like, you're not, you know, they care to a certain degree, but uh, I guess some of the lessons I learned when Lynn passed away is that these doctors can be pretty passive. They have nothing invested in you. If you don't have a relationship with them, you're just, you know, something that happens. You're just part of their day. Something that happens they do their job if you die they don't know you if you don't have a relationship with them so then i start freaking about about the doctor i got to see and i'm telling dean this and he's like i got a guy i got a dermatologist so i went to dean's guy who's kind of a whiz knows the shit And uh, he looked at my finger and he said, oh, yeah, that's not melanoma. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that's not melanoma. It looks like you banged it or something. Let's get the microscope out. So we got it under the microscope. He's like, yeah, I mean, how long has it been there? I'm like a few weeks. He's like, if you would have told me that's been there for a year, maybe I'd be concerned. If that was a melanoma that size, it would have had to have been there about a year. And it looks like you banged it. You bruised it. But why is the cuticle all inflamed? I'm like, oh, because I was pulling it down with my other fingers so I could see how deep the melanoma was. He's like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to give you a prescription for some uh, cream for that so it doesn't get infected. So in my panic, I might've injured myself. So what's new? What's new? Poking and prodding, poking and prodding. But I also had some other realizations about mortality. I realized that whatever the case is, and thanks to my friend, Dean, my friend, Sam, my friend, Kit, for talking me through somewhat of a spiral. That, you know, that I'm going to get something. If I don't die quickly, I'm probably going to die of something. And I'm 57 years old and I got to sort of grow up around that. I certainly have a handle on the idea of mortality. I've certainly seen death up close now. But something's going to happen. And, you know, how you handle that uh, is going to speak to Who you are, your sense of character. And one of the things I realized when I was panicking and dragging other people into my panic around my non-melanoma under my nail and what that was implying to me in my head and how it triggered my fear was that I know people with real sickness. I know people living with real sickness and they live with real sickness and they do what they have to do to manage that sickness. And that's part of life. And for me to spin out as if anyone's going to make me feel better. I mean, when the shit really comes down, it's going to come down. This wasn't that time. And not panicking is probably the better way to do it. And I thought I'd sort of had a handle on that. Like I've I've been I've been more of a hypochondriac in my life, but I just usually I think like, well, wait a few days and see what happens. And that's usually what I do. But the nature of these type of bruises under the nail, uh, they take months to go away. So that that was that approach wasn't going to work. So I, I'm giving myself a pass on that. But just realize when you're freaking out about probably nothing that you should be handling as a grown up, it's important to to get things checked out and to realize, uh, you know, that you can and should do that when you have something you're concerned about. But try not to freak out pre pre prematurely because, uh, you know, you're going to have to go call all those people that you freaked out and say, uh, yeah it's i'm all right thanks thanks for letting me drag you down the panic hole so this is me talking to my friend kimmy gatewood who uh is the director of good on paper it's a eliza it slestinger movie she's also uh, was in glow with me and has directed a lot of other stuff and there's some comedy of her out there there's stuff there's stuff and this is me talking to Kimmy. This is the longest we've ever talked her and I, actually. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class but more relaxed and fun No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by bestselling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. So you're making jam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this is pre-pandemic too, so.
0: Oh so oh yeah. yeah uh, it, it the was,
1: jamming was pre-pandemic. Oh, so you can
0: say like so you have to qualify it like that? Yeah. This was not done out of fear and sadness. <laughs> This is done because of an abundance, an abundance of things.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> Not... the, the bread my husband making was made out of fear and sadness. He did so. the bread? He did the whole bread. He's still doing it.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Is he, is He's he... got
1: two different starters. One, the Bestia starter. He started that one.
0: Where'd he get that? From Bestia?
1: No, he got, I mean, he started it. They have a recipe for it that you can follow. I've never been there.
0: You know, I just went to their other restaurant yesterday. To Pavel. A Bavel? A Yeah. However you say it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh it's good holy shit like i never go to restaurants because i cook yeah and i just i'm so disappointed at restaurants so because like usually you're like this is what is this i could make this or it's it's not it's not amazing so fuck it yeah but that place is amazing like it's so nice to go to a place and you eat something like i could never make this this is like magic food
1: and if you get their cookbook they have like egg yolks that that take like days to cure and Bavelle? Be- like, bestia. Oh, the bestia, bestia has a cookbook. And cookbook. that's
0: Italian, right?
1: It's like Mediterranean Italian really? slash
0: Is it amazing?
1: It's very amazing. I don't eat like they have a bone marrow dish. I don't you know eat meat, but I eat fish. So they have this uh, a what octopus. Dish? A, bo- a bone marrow dish oh, oh, that's yeah, it's rough, man. Everyone is obsessed with it. It's yeah. like they scoop the bone marrow out, and then there's a whole pasta thing.
0: I, you know, oh, there's pasta involved. Yeah, because like, because <laughs> like straight back up
1: back in, back in. Yeah, it's
0: just straight up. Uh, yeah, because it's like the straight up bone marrow thing where people yeah. just scoop it out of the bone. Yeah, like I'm pretty. I don't. Things don't bother me, but there's something about that—the consistency of it. Not great, <laughs> not great, not great. But I like fish. Tell me about the fish.
1: That, oh, it's a uh, octopus. Like, oh, it's been, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's been sitting Some, around and soft. And- <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like how that's they a beat- selling point. <laughs> this stuff is rotten. <laughs> it's, it's it's on the verge of going bad, and it's just how we like it. It's perfect. <laughs>
1: It's a uh, you know yeah. pickled and oiled and <laughs>
0: yeah I love octopus I love
1: it yeah it's but it's very all good.
0: over the place now I don't know how that is like I start to doubt the like it's not one of those things like is this fresh of course not it was frozen <laughs> right. and then we we did the thing to it and here you go I don't know I feel bad I didn't I didn't watch the octopus uh, show
1: you know, oh uh, my octopus teacher
0: no I how was I going to eat octopus is- after that <laughs> I just knew right away from the trailer I'm like. If I watch this, no more octopus for me. I don't know if that's true. She
1: was my best friend and my teacher, and well, I watched her give birth, and I'm like, oh, God.
0: Yeah, no, but that bestia dish is still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> you can't, I know. I, I won't watch this stuff. I should probably not eat meat. I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, I, I I started, I became a vegan because um, uh, this guy I was dating back in New York, was vegan and, but he was the kind of vegan that ate like all that fake meat so like i was just like farting all the time Oh nice <laughs>
0: that's escorted. the true test of a relationship <laughs> yeah. did that make <laughs> or break it the farting you
1: know we we, we were okay for a while <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I moved <laughs> into his apartment it was nice And was you're both just
0: vegan farting Yeah <laughs> yeah great <laughs> well you know if you can overcome that hurdle it's not nothing
1: yeah yeah and
0: you got to you got to
1: yeah and then and then we moved into another apartment at williamsburg and there was a it was an empty place it was a bakery and then it became a bar and that pretty much broke our relationship because it was just like open until four in the morning and oh, like noisy? I, I had yeah i had that i had that crazy person um fantasy where yeah. i would like drill holes in the basement oh, <laughs> or no. you know oh, on the yeah, floorboards yeah, yeah, yeah. and like pour water down
0: oh is that bad yeah. Nightmare. I thought, well, that's better than like, well, it's only a four, so we are both drinking. Gonna, <laughs> you know, roll out of bed in the morning.
2: You guys open
1: yet? Yeah.
0: yeah. We're just upstairs. Getting, knock on the ceiling when
1: you're
0: <laughs> ready to serve.
1: Yeah. So, okay.
0: So, were you living back in New York?
1: Yeah. So, I, I went to Syracuse University, graduated in 2000, and came to New York right But you after don't that. live here? I live in LA.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I, I moved to LA in 2008.
0: So-, so where where does it all start? Where'd you grow up?
1: In Maryland.
0: Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> like where's that? Like like what part? I don't talk to many people from Maryland.
1: So I'm between like Baltimore and DC.
0: Right. Is it is Virginia is close to Maryland, right? It is.
1: Yeah. Okay. There's something called the Delmarva Peninsula, which mm. is Delaware, Maryland, Virginia.
0: Right. Right.
1: And then there's
0: Delaware is one of the states nearby. where you're like, did we did we pa- did we go through it? Yeah. Wait, wait, <laughs>
1: it- My favorite bit always is that Wayne's World bit where he's like, Delaware, we're in. Delaware. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I... It's, oh, the Delaware River Gap. Sure. <laughs> Big bridge, right? Yeah. And Pretty.
1: The, yeah, there's the Chesapeake Bay.
0: Oh, that's Delaware too?
1: No, that's Maryland. Oh. But...
0: <laughs> so how far into Maryland are you? Is that an east-west situation? Uh,
1: Well, you know, Maryland is a very oddly shaped state. Yeah. There's like the little cranky little... little thin part yeah (laughs) the upper right
0: right right yeah yeah
1: and then then there's the part that kind of hooks over in the Chesapeake Bay oh yeah is in the middle of Uh it so I'm like I said between Washington D.C. and Baltimore so my dad grew up in Washington D.C. one of 13 children so I have lots of aunts and uncles 13 yeah
0: that's crazy from one woman (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> they were <laughs> they were Catholic as you can imagine, yeah. but Opus Dei Catholic, which is like Wait. the Da Vinci Code crazies type. I mean, I don't know if they like
0: what be, your dad be, was that.
1: T- my dad was, I mean, his parents were. I don't, so Opus Dei has
0: been in, around that long?
1: Yeah, it's been around for a while.
0: Oh my god!
1: But my dad had me. He had a kid when he was like seventeen or eighteen. And he had then, to, yeah, <laughs> <could> get out.
0: <laughs> no, there's no going back.
1: <laughs> and then he had me when he was like twenty. So he he. I have Same a half moment. brother. No, I have a half brother. And then uh, I have two other siblings, but my mom. My so the
0: half brother was like, oops. I yeah. They, I
1: didn't even find out about him until I was like 13. And then he was in our life for about four years. And then we didn't hear from him after that. Still? Straight, yeah. I still, I looked for him on Facebook. I I found him once and then I lost him again.
0: <laughs> Did you reach out?
1: I uh I think I was too afraid to reach out when I went It's weird looking. right well what yeah. was the
0: story there It was like some uh what, 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 how, did, how did that happen with you I
1: think it was they weren't was married in high school no yeah yeah and then she decided to keep the baby and oh. then I don't I don't really I really need to like get it dig dig in with my dad about
2: that. Cause really I
1: didn't really ask because it happened like I said when I was 13 yeah. and then I was then I was that's like when he found out yeah and then I was off in college.
0: I yeah I I don't know what we need to find out and what we don't I don't I don't know, I don't even, know
1: either.
0: <laughs> it just seems that like you know because the you, you, it, with fairly little effort the information is out there now mm-hmm. you know like and people find out things when they do genetic testing. A lot of people are finding out that they have half brothers. You know that yeah. they've got to be like mom. You know, what is that? <laughs>
1: It uh, an accident. Yeah. It was a mistake. We yeah. thought we took care of it, but now yeah. you untook care of it. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> we put it up for adoption. Now, well, I don't even know the kid. Yeah.
1: The part that creeps me out the most, I think, is like the sperm donor, egg donor of it all. because like all these the whole, doctors? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I know. I'll
0: just use mine. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm going to have an army of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> oh, so creepy! Why do they talk like that too?
0: I don't He's know. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I've got plenty. I can generate this stuff every day. What are they? Who's going to be the wiser? They didn't know about twenty-three and me. No. <laughs> All they knew is in their hearts that there were twenty kids somewhere.
1: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. To know that,
0: I know, It's wild. Is
1: messed up. And then, yeah. like, what if they get married? Yeah. What if they just? What if oh, they? Oh, the meet? two kids. Yeah. Wow,
0: I didn't think of that. <laughs>
1: Brain instantly goes to that <laughs> one of thirteen. You're like, I have so many cousins. They have to make sure they're not a gateway. <laughs> you know,
0: exactly, got to do a, a genetic screening. <laughs> Just to date a data person in the area. So, DC yeah. Opus Day, were yeah. government? No, in
1: government? Uh, no, my my sister works for the government now. But your dad's my...
0: family, the the large Catholic no, family?
1: No, they did like uh, my my fascinating story. My grandmother grew up in Las Vegas. She was a part uh, like her dad. Was the owner or the president of the Nevada Bank. So they were like socialites in Las Vegas for a long time. Yeah, like, yeah. He was like,
0: in the heyday. Yeah,
1: indeed, in the heyday. I mean, there's like, there's so many stories about my grandmother. There's um, like that her grand, my great grandfather got the job because he had nice handwriting. Yeah. Uh, He, you know, he worked his way up to be president of Nevada Bank. And then the other story, she's like, I was, I lived across the street from Bugsy. And I'm like, really, grandma?
0: Yeah. So did everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like Barbara Streisand's mom in Brooklyn or wherever that is. Yeah. we lived right across from Barbara's mother
1: yeah
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's Queens maybe it's Flushing or something everybody's like down the street from Barry Man. the Jew thing is you know Barbara Streisand's parents Barry Manilow's parents <laughs> he
1: lives all over New York but
0: Bugsy's cool yeah
1: oh yeah that's cool. and then and then she met my grandfather who was a life insurance salesman and then had 13 children wow. <laughs> just like the the heyday of Las Vegas quietly disappeared from, yeah. from our family
0: what uh Thirteen? Do you know all? Of
1: yeah, I know all of them. That's they all crazy. came to my wedding. Really? Yeah, yeah. That is it's, insane. I love them. It is so cool to be a part of a family that big.
0: And so, how many cousins? Ninety.
1: <laughs> it's probably <laughs> at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, because the cousins have cousins, and yeah. cousins, You know, and like, uh, it's a lot. Like the last I checked, I think it was forty-seven.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Now, it's a
0: lot. I'm sort of fascinated with the Opus Dei thing, but it sounds yeah. like you're a generation removed from it.
1: I am. I am. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. Um, and my dad wasn't really into it. I mean, I was raised Catholic yeah. just because that's yeah. like what had to happen. like my my parents were like banished from being married. They had to elope. Yeah. Oh, they did? She, Why? Oh, uh, until she religion. became... Religion. Yeah. Until she became Catholic. And then...
0: I didn't... Oh, so you... Is it hard to become Catholic? Uh... Latin involved? Uh... Rituals? <laughs> <laughs> robes, smoking orbs.
1: Just like a lot of kneeling and right. <laughs> standing and kneeling and standing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Eating the crackers. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> my grandma, my other but grandma, Jesus my mom, yeah, my mom's mom was Baptist, so that's what my mom was. So Oh,
0: that's a lot more uh that's a, a modern more exciting religion.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 It was pretty fun. Like mm-hmm. they had So in the Catholic church, we had wine. drony
0: music. Dr- <laughs> And the Baptist church was more lively.
1: Lively, but they had grape juice. Oh, so that I'm was set. less fun. Right, yeah. <laughs> you, when you're a kid, stuff? you got yeah. a little. Yeah. A little yeah. Sip of wine.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we did that. Uh, uh, the Jews did that, uh, you know, after uh, services, little well, Mogan David. Yeah. That's, that's where it starts for a lot of Jewish junkies. Oh,
1: you know, no. <laughs> strung out
0: Jew blues players. Well, is that bar mitzvah wine? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I my favorite Jewish holiday is uh, definitely Passover, but only like one day of Passover. Are you married <laughs> to a Jew fun. or something? No, no, oh. but I have I dated a lot of Jews and also like be, be friends, yeah. being a comedy. But sure. like loved going to Passover. Yeah. Did do you remember uh, the porn show they used to do, with Rob Cuttner at the the Y in New York? I used to do that kind one all the time of, yeah. with Seth Herzog.
0: Oh, Seth Her- yeah, Herzog. Yeah,
1: I did that show once, I think, or twice, and I went right after Zach Galifianakis, and I was like, Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I doing this? I am not yeah. supposed to go after Zach Galifianakis. Did he kill? Yes. Yes. And then I came up there like I can be And I was like uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I again, I, I was not feeling. I was not long for stand up. I know that I, feeling. But, I, but
0: wait, so when you went to like you have two siblings?
1: I've two siblings, yeah. Yeah, one uh, one works at UPS. He's a truck, he's a driver. Okay. And then the other one works at the ATF. So
0: at the which is
1: the uh our, Chillery tobacco firearm. Oh,
0: oh, 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 right, right. No, it's uh, ATF alcohol. Tobacco alcohol. Fire.
1: Alcohol. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he an agent? She. Yeah. She. No. She's she? not an agent. She's. Um. She works. She like. She doesn't really. I'm like. What's going on? Tell me everything. She's yeah. like. I don't. I'm. What are the, you I'm working actually, on? Yeah. I know. She's, yeah. Like, she wins the raid. <laughs> I know. I'm like. I gotta write a movie about you. She's yeah, like. Yeah. I work in administration, Kimmy. I yeah, just like yeah. book their hotels. That sounds
0: exciting. <laughs> So you're just at the computer most of the time, then you get some water sometimes?
1: Yeah, yeah. I give yeah. a presentation every now and again. <laughs> yes. Really?
0: Wow. Oh, like what? <laughs> How many people? <laughs> Um, In uniform. (laughs) (laughs) So normal, normal siblings. Yeah. Out in the world.
1: Yeah, my mom works like she works at a company that uh, does the um, monitors, like the train tracks, like the engineers train tracks. Riveting. I I know. (laughs) Indeed, riveting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it air traffic control for trains?
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, No, no. It's like testing the tracks Mm. to make sure that they're safe. Is that a,
0: a job you go to work for every day?
1: Uh well my my mom basically just like gathers she's the same thing administration like yeah. gathers the receipts and does the sure, travel sure. for all the people like, the engineers that go out on okay, the train
0: okay so, so she's the, like we got a, a problem on mile twenty of the <laughs> is that the kind of thing
1: no she's more like you your flights at three fifty five don't miss okay. it don't yeah, forget yeah. to give your expenses and receipts right and, oh,
0: okay okay
1: and then the guys come back
0: when did you photos. start doing uh funny shit like high school or uh
1: yeah i, I, I was introduced to improv in high school and uh i would just do it for intermission i would do an improv show in the high school at the you know?
0: uh, at the at the assemblies
1: no, at the the play, so and the intermission of the play. So I'd be in the play, and then I'd come out in the middle of intermission, and be like, "All right, guys, go and buy you know drinks or whatever," yeah. and I'm going to put on an improv show.
0: Really? <laughs> yes. So you were in the theater group at, at in high school? Yeah. And you're like, I got, I'm going to carve out this niche for myself. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna riff while people are going to the bathroom.
1: A little bit, yeah. Lo- love, love an interactive uh, yeah. moment, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, come back here.
0: <laughs> Is it just you?
1: It was a lot of times just me, but then I would train people to do it with me, so we would do bits like with. Uh, I would. I had a couple of people I would that that would do it with me. Cause yeah. Some people wanted to stay in character. <laughs> yeah. Right. Take right. their moment during intermission. Oh, and you I was mean, like
0: the people in the play. Go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. I was awesome in the play. But, but I also like. like Come to-
0: on, you guys, they stay in character. You guys <laughs> Come are- on, we
1: got an audience here; yeah, they're yeah. captive. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You're 14. You're not a method actor. <laughs> Let's just do this. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, my again, you know, being a part of big family, I would always put on a show and stuff. And I think that comedy was just the way of like the the love communication and yeah. the the family sure. and like making each other laugh was yeah. like when you were got you were beloved by the family oh yeah funny right you know? right
0: memorable yeah we know this child out of the 40 that we have <laughs> this, this, this one seems to have some talent i
1: was huge in the gatewood circuit
0: <laughs> yeah killed them.
1: killed them with the aunt Lottie jokes yeah,
0: they loved it <laughs> back in the day um but yeah,
1: but then I you know, I came to New York and like you're so much a part of my story, it's hilarious I to am? me. Yes, because like I did
0: After college or did you Yeah, even go to after college, college you I go to went to college?
1: Syracuse.
0: Oh, we so you were way up there.
1: Yeah. Did you yeah. do theater there? Yeah, I did. I was either going to go do theater at Syracuse or biology at Maryland and I said if I get into theater school I'm going to go to theater school.
0: <laughs> really? Is that really, that was the crossroads yeah. like a life of research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or maybe being a doctor, right? Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And well, that then, was that was the thing. My 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 friend said, her br- brother or sister was work is a biologist, yeah. and she's like, I research chicken shit all day, and I was like, huh, wow,
0: wow. <laughs> this
1: is um, does I don't know if that sounds nearly as exciting and romantic as I thought it did, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, it definitely doesn't. But it's another one of those things you could do a movie on. <laughs> To go along with the administ- so, what,
2: so, what do you do on there? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Tell well, me, where do you get the chicken <laughs> shit? Are the chickens on site? Because I think we got an act two there. Right? Well, we won't even see the chickens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh, oh my god yeah. believe
1: me I'm like I'm asking my brother all the time I'm like what's it like being a UPS truck driver maybe I could make a character on
0: this yeah. sorry because... it's already been done king and queen or well, yeah king and queen king of... <laughs> yeah. been done he's full UPS driver wasn't he
1: oh, god I didn't even realize that he, and he is, just yes. like, came in in a
0: oh see you uniform. would have done a whole script I know <laughs> Yeah, like, would been- didn't kevin james do this for a decade <laughs> oh damn it yeah. thanks mark you, yeah, you did you save a some year some, of my life <laughs> Saved you some time um so so you do theater like yeah. like major in it kind of deal
1: yeah i majored in theater In acting wow. and then but it's funny again like never got in like the main stage shows or anything would audition and and then i found again i would go to do improv shows, uh, the late night improv shows. We mm-hmm. would we had this like comedy trip, the Broken Compass Players. That it's I, so funny
0: the college improv group. I know
1: <laughs> what their names are.
0: I, I just talked to Tom McCarthy, uh-huh. and he was in one at BC, a long running you know sketch trip. What is
1: that? Running with scissors or something? So, uh, uh, no, I, know. I remember
0: what his was called. But they actually moved as a group to Minnesota. Holy cow. To sort of like do it.
1: Wow. Yeah. There yeah. a lot of people, a lot of good people from Minnesota Colton Dunn, Charlie Sanders, Victor Barnato, all those guys are, are from, from Minnesota. Are Minnesota guys? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that was the generation after me. We were the rogues, the yeah. stand ups. Yes, yes. Out there on our own. <laughs> yeah. Room yeah. to room. Exactly. Performing
1: for moms everywhere. Yeah. You're, you younger kids
0: <laughs> with the group work. <laughs> You social animals, team yeah. players, team players. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that, man. I'm a rebel. I'm out there on my own, being sad in hotel rooms. Oh no, no. what's <laughs> the life? It's
2: terrible. <laughs> I've,
0: I've actually grown to uh, really enjoy the that part of the life where I'm just in a hotel room, like I don't have to clean this. <laughs> there's nobody. I don't hear any noise. I don't have to worry about anything. Like, it, it's perfect.
1: There's a tiny water wherever I go. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And it's but it's just peaceful. It used to be yeah. sort of like where am I? What kind of life is this? And now I'm like it's nice. It's quiet. <laughs> you can read a it's book. Quiet. Yeah, I can write. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Um <laughs> All right, so you're doing, you know, heavy, you're doing sketch, but you're also doing what? Improv. Beckett and, are you doing the heavy That's play? That's true.
1: I took a whole, like a whole semester on Beckett. You did? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, I
0: really did. Can you explain, what, what is the key to Beckett? What What's the essence?
1: So, okay, my approach, like I took this Beckett class and I was, I thought it was so stupid and I hated it and I was like, really? it's pointless and I was like, this is garbage. That
0: exa- sounds like exactly what Beckett's trying to get across. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like,
0: you got the message
1: I was like it's not like he's trying and then like I, I just got put into context and that's like I feel like when I understood suddenly like reactions and art and what everything context yes context yes. and I and and uh, like my, my little one of my nieces said like history is stupid because you don't like use it today and I was like No, no, girl. No. Like history is everything. You have to know the context for where reactions come from. That's
0: a big fear. Like that's (laughs) my fear of like the the way the Internet is shifting the brains of younger people is Mm -hmm. that there's no context and seemingly no need for it. So we kind of float in this time free zone and we just react to everything all the time.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. In in real time, rather than looking back yeah, at no, like what
0: you, you what, have to contextualize to understand the importance of anything, or else everything gets dismissed and just thrown onto the pile.
1: Right. Exactly. Like you could look at a like some people look at a protest as like you're like, look at those angry people on the street just messing up my, my, my nice lawn, and it's right. like, no, no, <laughs> let's look at the context and why they're protesting. Right. It's exactly. Like the history no. of you know. Sure. So it's uh it's. But but I think that that really opened my eyes and I'm glad that I took that class. Just
0: that you were you were it it gave you that intellectual piece where you're like I don't get this shit it's stupid and then you're like but this is what was happening in theater and in the world and where he was at the time and you're yeah. like oh
1: totally it was a breakdown reaction yes totally it was it was like a breakdown of like what is the meaning of theater and like you know and and i became absolutely obsessed with it there's this one called that time that i staged it just just like completely it's they're all somewhat insane i played um uh an end game i played uh the the old woman Uh uh there's like ham and I forget them. I'm going to get roasted by my theater friends. Okay, but. <laughs> well, you can take the hit.
0: You had it coming.
1: Yeah, I did. You know, you're right. <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lizzie. it was her. She's talking. Yeah. She's talking right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's yeah. interesting. That out of nowhere, I pulled Beckett up, Beck- and, and it's actually the thing. Did it? Yeah. Did it start to frame comedy for you? Like, I mean, like it must have some influence on something. I in terms think, of.
1: Yeah, I I think. I mean I, I studied a lot of I studied like I studied Hitchcock for yeah. a semester but Becky really stuck with me a lot. Yeah. I think it was just like thinking outside of the box was something that kind of stuck with me yeah, and sure. and not like I I love mainstream comedy. Don't yeah. get me wrong, it's my favorite. I saw the movie. But, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love. It. I'm just constantly trying to get my mother to watch something. She doesn't have Netflix. She's never seen Glow. She's
0: oh really? Like, yes.
1: So I'm like, that's the All worst. Right. I'm gonna keep. She listen. My biggest accomplishment was a Peyton Manning commercial idea.
0: Oh, <laughs> I hate when they do that because they. Well, you know, it's it, it, everything's changed so much. So they they don't know how to to sort of like uh, contextualize your yeah. fame
1: totally because
0: it's like, is it on an NBC? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. ABC? No. CBS? No. Then what? Then what is it? <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: Sam Beckett. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Look. a deconstruction Look. of network television. mother. Not yeah. yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No, no. It's the worst. Uh, 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 but yeah, yeah. I, I think a theater school. I feel like um, studying both mainstream and kind of yeah. the 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 greats. You yeah. know. Uh, was just good for me to, like, it expanded my palate because I had kind of, you know, mostly done just comedy in high school. And there's only so much that a high school, sure. you realize a high school teacher can really handle. Yeah, yeah. You know, and right, like what right. is appropriate. And what,
0: yeah, and so, what a kid can handle.
1: Yeah, so it was good to just really kind of challenge and myself. But during that whole process, it was, like, I was also doing marching band. I played the trombone. I was at a ska band. And, uh, I mean, it was prime time. Wow.
0: <laughs> marching <laughs> and,
1: band. Yeah. Did you do
0: that in high school too? Uh huh. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. And in comedy, you're like a
0: band nerd and a theater nerd.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a lot. You can imagine.
0: But you're a very expressive nerd, huh? A very expressive nerd. You're putting yourself out there in a lot of the ways that you know mainstream people are like, "What the fuck? (laughs) Look at the chick with the trombone, (laughs) dude. She's also in that play, man. What play? That plays here." Yeah. She also
2: did
1: the intermission Yeah.
0: In the, show. Don't you remember intermission? Dude, it was so fucked up. I don't remember anything. Did we even stay for the second part of the play? <laughs> yeah. High school. She did a
2: whole bit trying to sell a flower at me. She said it wasn't a banana. <laughs> it wasn't a banana, bro.
0: Yeah. So she's all right, man. She's cool. <laughs> So, uh, but you're doing yeah. the sketch stuff, so you learn how to yeah. work with people, and then you just go to New York?
1: Oh Yeah, after then after college, I went to New York, just went straight to New York, moved in with a, a friend from college, mm. um, worked at Columbia University for a year as an assistant to a professor. Yeah? <laughs> it was a weird job.
0: What kind of professor? Uh, that
1: comparative come? literature. And, really? Yep. And My
0: buddy's a teacher at Columbia.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got that job through, it was a temp job, and this woman, Gayatri Chakravorty Spivak, who's a very impressive professor, um, she went through like 50 assistants yeah. in six months. Like, no, she, nobody liked to work for her. And I was, like, doing extra work on SNL and stuff. <laughs> you were? During the time, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, I just wanted to be, I wanted to audition, and I wanted to be in theater, and then I got this temp job, and she was yelling at me for whatever reason, and I was just like, why are you being so mean to me? And she went, you know what, Kim? I like you. <laughs> you talk back to me. You keep me in. Uh, you talk straight to me. I would like to offer you a full time job, and I was oh. like, "Oh my god!"
0: <laughs> yeah, here you, be a punching bag. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so I said yes because it was like you know thirty five thousand dollars a year or whatever, and like.
0: Did she keep yelling at you? Uh,
1: she kept yelling at me, but I would just talk back. To, I would just clap back and like. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, there's the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, UPS <Yeah>. truck driver <laughs> meets a professor <laughs> yeah, yeah, from exactly. Columbia. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> and the ATF.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> is on to them. Yeah, so, uh, but it was
1: it was wild. I, it was just a it was a really interesting it was interesting job because I would uh, I just like didn't care what yeah, she thought because sure. I had no I- interest. Nothing in- Nothing invested. Yeah, there was nothing no invested. future to it. Yeah, but that's what she loved about me. I guess.
0: Did you learn anything? From her, I mean, could you go to classes or anything? Was she an interesting person?
1: I read, I read, I read some books. She really liked Kurt Vonnegut, so I read a bunch of Kurt Vonnegut books, and uh, finally read *Bluebeard* Mm. and the. I um she w- I was helping coordinate this guy uh, Dada I don't know if you're familiar with like Dadaism or whatever yeah. but like he's like uh he came over and I kind of learned uh, and I've already forgotten about Dadaism <laughs> There was a
0: guy named Dada?
1: Yeah, there was a I guy. I know named
0: what Dada, Dada is, but I didn't yeah. know there was a da- a Dada.
1: It was a guy. Yeah, yeah, a guy, Dada. Yeah,
0: Dada Daddy. Yeah. yeah a and, Dada Daddy.
1: But I, I learned, at the time, I don't remember now, but Yeah. I definitely loved uh I, I, all the philosophical like Thought I don't know, yeah, I mean, it's think, yeah, yeah, it's it's so it's so fun. It's it's just it all goes back to like you know Beckett opening yeah. her mind and stuff. So, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid, and I'm like, you know what? They have a point. <laughs> yeah,
0: and academia is its own world. Yeah, I mean that's where that stuff lives. Yeah, yeah it's the only place that keeps it alive. Really, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. If it wasn't for academia, no one would give a fuck about Beckett anywhere. Totally, it's sort of sad. No. <laughs> every once in a while, they can sort of convince two celebrities to do uh, uh, "Waiting for Godot." Yeah, exactly. and be like,
1: "No, it's the thing." Bill he saved us again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but maybe I'm being cynical. I don't. But know. also,
1: you know, it's
0: so. How did you get been. extra work at SNL?
1: Oh man, so my you're not going to believe this. A cousin, <laughs> yeah,
0: one of the many, one of the f- ninety cousins.
1: My cousin's aunt. Yeah, uh, who's a screenwriter out here? He's he's genius. Um, and, Your cousin is. Yeah, Brian, and uh, he um, his aunt. So not my aunt, but his aunt, mm-hmm. so his mom's sister. Mm-hmm. She worked for Lorne Michaels, and uh, like I got in to do extra work. You're just on the list. Yeah, I, yeah. They were like, can you? My my friends, my cousins, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I got on the list. And then I so I did it the amount of times you could do it before you had to join the union. And then at the time it was after us, so it was like a thousand bucks to join and I couldn't afford it. So yeah. I did it until that moment. But like it was a it was just wild because it was my dream. It was my whole dream was being to on be Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and I, I did. And this is
0: before you did comedy or anything else.
1: No, this was like at the beginning. This was like the year two thousand, right. Like, okay. right when I landed. I was doing this, and I couldn't believe that so I was you're so close. There
0: in the studio on the set doing the thing, sitting yeah. at a table. Yeah, like sitting background. in the
1: yeah, like in there was those like a screening room type places that they would just keep us and like
0: who who was the cast then?
1: Um, it was like uh, Ratio Sands, Chris Parnell. Uh-huh.
0: What about, uh, you know, Will Farrell, was he gone or is he I there? think he, he
1: might've, I think he, he, and like sure Terry Molly Shannon probably just a, left. And
0: what about Fallon? Was Fallon still, yeah, was yeah, still there?
1: Yeah. He was still there. Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't really get to meet too many people. But you get but, to watch him, right? Yeah. I got to watch him and at UCB, like Horatio Sands would hang out. And so we, I would, he so would come back UCB and say too? hi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So right when you got here, you, you got into classes over there? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, so oh, that's yeah. it. That's so that's oh. it. <laughs> was that when it was in the old porno theater?
1: Yeah, on 22nd Street. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I started like, I think the theater started in 96 or 98 maybe. 98, yeah. they were at Solo Arts. And then yeah. in 2000 when I got there, they yeah. moved to 22nd Street.
0: And Matt Walsh lived upstairs.
1: Did he live upstairs?
0: Kind of. Right, right there. Oh, my I
1: God. I worked at a place called Live Bait on 23rd Street, and he yeah. would come in there because he was dating one of the girls there. I remember
0: Live Bait. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like a, it was a happening bar for a minute, right? Yeah. It was right right at, uh, yeah, 23rd in that area by the Flatiron Building, kind of, right? Yep. Yeah. I
1: couldn't get a job at the sister place. It was, it was the, the diner in Union Square. Do you remember that place with all the, the hot models worked oh, there? Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What was that called?
1: I forget. It's uh, a big place. Yeah. And there was all models that worked there and yeah. I applied to work there after Columbia. Yeah. And uh they looked, they literally looked me up and down and went, You should go live bait.
0: Oh wow. <laughs>
1: it was so rude. Wow. You can hold you can only imagine though being a marching band and a theater nerd. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. This was
1: something a rejection I was yes. used to.
0: <laughs> go to live bait. <laughs> yeah. Take your trombone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But I, I learned how to shuck oysters there at, at Live Bake.
0: All right, so you got the job at Live yeah. Bake, but the, okay, so you're doing you're doing the SNL thing. You're doing that UCB. UCB. Who's teaching at UCB?
1: It was Andy Secunda, Sean Conroy, Billy Merritt. Oh yeah. Um, like Amy was still doing like one off classes, and Ian Roberts was still doing like an occasional class here or there.
0: No, Matt Walsh.
1: Uh, he was probably teaching too. I didn't know Besser. Classes. I never, t- I never, t- I was so afraid of Matt Besser. I, I still, I can never, I'll never get over my fear of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's intense. The, I, you know, you feel, you know, it, it, there's something, I can see how it'd be frightening.
1: Right. It's like yeah. a 22 year old. You're like. Yeah. Oh God, I don't want to fuck up in front of you. And yeah. like, you, I would do those late night shows, where like, all right, Kimmy, get on stage, you know. And I'd be like, Oh God, I'm gonna fuck it up. And yeah. Then, oh really?
0: Yeah. Besser.
1: Yeah, there was like these shows where you would just kind of like, you know, yeah. throw everybody on stage, take them off stage, and like, huh. It was it was it was a thrill, but it was so it was so. Scary. I don't know that
0: whole process. You're just hanging improv. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I go do shows, stand up shows at UCB, and I'd have this fundamental resentment. Against these, you know, well-adjusted people that can work as a group, you know, and the audiences. Like, you know, no, no matter how many people try to hang alt comedy on me or me being part of it, I resented it. I was at Luna yelling because I couldn't get work elsewhere, you know.
1: I was there. I was watching you.
0: Yeah. Is that where I made a difference somehow? Is that how I'm part of the story? But that was in the no, 90s. No, you were
1: always. No, you you were there. You I were there. Was, yeah. Later. Todd Berry, sure. Schloven and Allen, yep. all those guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would do like, I like my I finally did like a 30 for 30 or was 60 and 60, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah. of those. I was like, when I did that, I was just like, I've made it. And then,
0: oh, <laughs> like, the, uh, as a stand up?
1: Yeah, like just doing a bit. Like, I yeah. don't know if I was a stand up. I Was well, it like do a minute
0: a bit, bit? Yeah. or right. yeah. I remember those.
1: Yeah, those were fun. What was the
0: point of those? What was the name of the guy that used to organize those? He had like a. Kind of a good name. I can't remember. He was a comic. Mm -hmm. I can't remember his name. We we can't do the memory thing. No. (laughs) But you were trying stand-up?
1: Yeah, I did stand-up for a minute. And it's just because I was trying to figure out where I belonged in the comedy world. Because you don't... There's no... I mean, it's like coming to Hollywood. You're like, I'm going to be an actor. And then they're like, this is really crazy. (laughs) Try something else. Yeah, you you can't just do that. (laughs) No. Yeah. So I tried it. I like... I, I, um, my friend, a college friend worked for Barry Katz. So like he would put me on a couple of gigs yeah and like, uh, I went, I went out with, um,
0: that's a, that's a messy hole of a yeah. office to work
1: in. Indeed. I yeah. I went I opened for like Bobby Kelly once and yeah. Al Madrigal sure. I was like I would I, this was not my crowd you know yeah. what I, mean? like, well,
0: Al's sweet. I did like guitar comedy you did yes Bobby Kelly those are sweet guys
1: they're so those two yes they're so sweet and they yeah. were so funny yeah. and we we had a great time oh, good good um yeah, but out of like, all of the comics
0: you got two that yeah I mean Bobby Kelly's a monster but he's a sweet monster <laughs> very sweet monster. <laughs>
1: no they were re- they were really nice to me, and yeah. but I, it's just like they they could tell like that I was a funny person, but I just like w- it was not translating to me yeah. on stage right <laughs> for me for stand up yeah, so I just was like i don't I don't yeah. think I need to do this anymore, um but improv was like connecting with me, and sketch was really like yeah. connecting so with me when so. did
0: you meet Rebecca?
1: uh I met her in two thousand and six
0: so so you were just bouncing around for years in New York,
1: yeah. <laughs> wow. I uh, I taught kidding. improv I worked at the pit oh you did yeah oh
0: the pit I remember that place yeah
1: and people's improv theater Um, I did Uh, work with Kirsten Ames who at Westbeth yeah I worked at Westbeth or
0: not a 45 after well, so after
1: like itty isard times like, oh okay yeah, and, yeah um, when,
0: so I did Jerusalem Syndrome around that time
1: I know <laughs> I know Mark
0: <laughs> that was like that was like but, 2000 and what
1: that was her, but I so Kirsten Ames
0: ninety nine.
1: Um, yeah, she uh, took me under her wing and uh, like she was doing a solo show class, so she needed directors.
0: Oh really? For
1: her solo show class, so uh, and it was an amazing class of people, like including Efrue Eisenberg was in yeah. this like class, yeah. and yeah. Lisa Lampanelli was in the yeah. class, and uh, so it was just after your show, so we it was kind of like a template for like oh. how a solo show could be developed.
0: That's right. And, she definitely developed mine with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, uh, so I would work with people's stories, their real stories, help them develop into shows, or like if they wanted to do a character, dramaturging. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I would, you know, then start to put together their actual solo shows. Who'd you do them. that for? Uh, Eileen Kelly. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Nikin Farsad. There's a couple others.
0: That was sort of a, uh, a a format. Yeah. That was sort of a way to present to oneself at the time.
1: Indeed. I mean, listen, I had two solo shows. Too.
0: Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just talked to a guy in, in Denver who's about to do one at the fringe, you know, and it's like as a form, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, I look back on, on the what I've done and how I've done it and I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm still a comic, yeah. But you know, the idea of the show, the solo show, gave you a little more uh latitude to, you know. It, but you know, when it when you're a comic in your uh heart and soul, there's some part of you going like, no, you can't be funny all the way through. You know, <laughs> you know I can't. <laughs> yeah, wait, Mr. Drama Guy, now what are you? <laughs> got to find it. You're going to cry a little bit. What are you going to do? <laughs>
1: Having a Tom Hanks moment, sir. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> like you know, there was a, like you know, it was something like you know, you, well, you can't manage, you can't handle the, you know. Yeah, I hear you. But uh, but I did them, and Jerusalem syndrome was like I, I look back on it, and it's such, it's such a mockable format. Which I Andy didn't.
1: Secunda did a one woman show Because he had directed so many It was hilarious oh, He really? did his own one woman show oh, that's hilarious. Classic Yeah it was very funny.
0: Armisen used to do a bit About a guy doing a one man show He would oh, just do it. Yes Have you yes, seen that yes, thing Yes I, After I saw that I'm like oh my god <laughs> I can't No one can do them anymore <laughs> Just the movement The weird intentional <laughs> Stage movements Of a guy Who's not used to being On stage in any way And had to really make decisions about, ugh. It's fucking genius. So, so that's what started you directing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I directed in college. I did um Black right, Box. The, oh
0: right, the black uh, right stuff. the um, the Beckett
1: Indeed. Yeah. And back stuff. I did the female version of the odd couple in college, oh, that's which is a fun show. I love that show. Yeah. And what really motivated me was that the my professor at the time said, Well, why would they do it with women? That, that how is that funny? And I was just like, <laughs> was Oh like, god. It was like
2: yeah. the fire was lit. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it really
1: really pissed me off. Just and it that. Was, Isn't yeah. it
0: weird what teachers can teach you involuntarily?
1: <laughs> yes, indeed, sir. Hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I had kind of been, I mean, how I got to where I am today is kind of like, it. it I've been doing it for a long time, but didn't necessarily know that it was a thing that you could do, because everyone told me it was too hard to break in.
0: To direct a film.
1: Direct a film, direct but TV, it, anything like that. But it that, seems like. it's hard, it's hard.
0: <laughs> sure, but I mean, but it seems like, I think you and um, Rebecca were sort of ahead of the curve in the podcasting.
1: Oh yeah, we had we did our Apple Sisters podcast. And, now yeah,
0: yeah. so because that's it seems to me that that in terms of landing in the comedy world in in a, in in an earnest way, it was with that, right?
1: Uh, let's see. I mean, so when we created the Apple Sisters in 2006 um, 2006, or 2007, and uh, we went to the Montreal Just for Last comedy festival, and that was like kind of our big break, and that was in 2008.
0: And this was it's just the two of you, right? Three of us, three three of you. So, me and Sarah, Sarah, a nostalgia act in a way,
1: yeah. We're a 1940s comedy radio show, so yeah, like I love the Marx Brothers, came up with that, yeah. And we love to sing and dance. Sarah's comes from Broadway family. Her grandmother's Ruby Keeler from Forty Second uh-huh. Street. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, Sarah, uh, Rebecca and I were the only female teachers, and people kept telling us, like, the, at the pit, and they're like, "You guys should do a show." We're like, "Fuck you!" Just because we're women. And Then we're like, "Actually, I think you're yeah. really funny." You
0: know. <laughs> I did
1: this yeah. like pinup calendar, a comedy pinup calendar. Uh-huh. And Rebecca saw it and was, "All right, we're going to work together forever." And I was like, "Great, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> super." Yeah. So we came up with this bit. And we did a new show every month, so we would write three brand new songs, choreograph them, write comedy bits like your classic pie in the face, like.
0: So it was almost you know. like a period, piece variety show.
1: Yeah, we, but it was satirical. So we right. would very much talk about a lot of like the war going on because you know Bush was president at the time, okay. and like as like our... as these
0: characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So i be like, that... "There's
1: a war going on, sir. Yeah. A woman running for president. <laughs> you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah." <laughs> That, oh, it's a great! Get yeah. back
1: to the kitchen. Uh, yeah, but uh, so I, uh, there's three of us. There's Candy, Cora, and CD Apple. I play Cora Apple, the dumb one. I just love semen uh, <laughs> sailors. Um, and uh, Candy is the she's got a husband named Cheryl, who's a man fighting in the war overseas. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and our closeted lesbian character, yeah. and then um, CD Apple, who's like the uh, Jesus loving in denial conservative of our group. Uh-huh. So we had. It, we had we've had a lot of fun over the years um, uh, like just poking fun at politics through the 1940s lens
0: so when you did montreal yep. i mean what 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 did that yield i mean what were you offered a uh a show or did you take meetings as a group and yeah no you did all we that. got agents
1: and managers from that oh yeah so, so that we, was it huh? yeah we signed with like uta and principato young after that like because yeah. we were like the only unrepresented group we we're the only females in the sketch comedy like block uh-huh. um,
0: are you still with principato
1: no not anymore but are you
0: still with uta no
1: not <laughs> lot... things change mark <laughs>
0: you, you gotta start somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's so it's so funny because i knew peter produced principato when they were all starting out yeah And I didn't realize that you know it's just the nature of the thing. Everybody starts out in whatever they're doing in show business, and they just eventually evolve. And some make it, some don't. I was such a dick to him and those guys. (laughs) I was just like, you know, who the fuck are these people with these suits? You know, like I just was. I just I remember there was a point where Peter, like you know, made the shift from you know being a suit guy manager to the leather jacket guy, and I'm like, he's a leather jacket guy now. But then they they went on to have you know, big career. like they're big yeah, you know. Yeah. But when I knew him, this was like oh, who's this guy? You know, was <laughs> such a dick. I, and I got to be careful of that stuff.
1: I think it's all right, Mark. Mm-hmm. You're doing all right. People love you yeah. for exactly who you are.
0: I bet you he remembers me as a dick. They, there are some people that have those memories. You know, yeah. Peter Principato probably. One of them. I don't think he has a lot of power to hurt me now. But uh, <laughs> remember that thing you said about my jacket. <laughs> uh.
1: So, I'll never forgive him. <laughs>
0: yeah, never forgive him. You're not working for I any- wore
1: flannel for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> no Principato projects for that kid. <laughs> but uh so that's where yeah. you got the agent you got going.
1: Yeah, and I that's the year I tested for Saturday Night Live because I was ah. doing my solo show called The Engagement and so I was doing like um I was doing a couple of uh, weird impressions, like characters, impressions, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, My favorite impression was Judy Garland, who was afraid of bears.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? So stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the kind of thing that they do.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. How'd it go? I was, uh, hello, I'm Judy, Judy Garland, and you're a bear. I'm sure you're a bear sitting in front of your microphone and laughing with your big mustache. It's a bear mustache if I ever saw one. (laughs) So stupid.
0: (laughs) Did you get all the way through to Lauren?
1: I did. I got I got all the way through. I got to I did the you know, got the call to do like the uh, you know, comic strip. Had to go show up uh, and like yeah. in the middle of a show that the Marcy like,
0: Klein call? Was it
1: yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I I and they um they were like all right like I remember going to that show, like one girl throwing up in the bathroom. And Mikhail, Mikhail there? Watkins was actually Throwing uh, Up? No, no. Oh. <laughs> no, but we auditioned together, Michaela and yeah, I. I love
2: Michaela, yeah. And
1: um, so that I mean that's that's when I like first met her. We were on the audition, and I was like obsessed with her when I saw yeah. her bits. Yeah. And um, it's a weird, it's a really hard thing. It's to a sad come story. Up on her stage. story.
0: Her SNL story. I
1: I yeah. It, it's. It's kind of crazy. Like our paths were like right. They were like, and then she went up there, and I like ran to, to L A.
0: So you, she got on the show for what? Well she was she only on one year, right? Or, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you went where?
1: I went to L A. Like it broke. It broke oh. me. It broke my the, the heart. The
0: rejection it's, of it. Yeah,
1: because I went. You know, I did that, and then got. You know, you, did you tape, went to the studio. And then he goes studio, and then he goes you test at eight H. And like I was getting very encouraging, you know, uh, emails and yeah, texts from yeah. the writers there, yeah. but then I didn't get it, and it just like broke. It broke uh, me. I yeah. was broken. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I
0: was like, heartbroken. I, I the just, show business. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I, I literally was like, I'm leaving New York. There's nothing left for me
0: here. <laughs> and and what about Rebecca?
1: We we all decided to go to L.A. together. You did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We 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 came to L.A. together. Thank God.
0: Where's that movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right. We got a lot five. Of movies. I know. A lot this is movies, just so. a movie pitching session.
0: <laughs> the Columbia Professor is still my favorite. Okay, good. Only if she has that accent.
1: You got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, she's from, you know, she's from a uh, colonialized India, so.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah it's very specific. not the, the best movie? <laughs> um, so you get out here. Yeah. And everything, the the sky's open. <laughs> L.A. welcomes you.
1: (laughs) I'm working at the City Bakery in Brentwood. (laughs) My boss is 18 years old, and I'm almost 30. (laughs) Is that true? Yes.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was a rocky start, but I was determined to make it, Mark.
0: Yeah, and look at you. (laughs) You did it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but Rebecca came and Sarah actually went to Las Vegas to do Jersey Boys. So we were performing between LA. We were doing our live shows in LA and Las Vegas. Did
0: you do Jersey Boys?
1: I was in the movie. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, the movie, right.
1: Sarah Sarah was actually pregnant and so she said to the casting director, My sisters, which Right you know, at this point we're basically sisters, but like my sisters can do the show because they've seen it so many times. And I was like,
0: Okay Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I got it, which was wild.
0: Jersey Boys is the Rudy Valley one.
1: The Which Frankie one? Valley? Frankie Valley, yeah. yeah. Frankie Who's Valley. Rudy Valley?
0: Rudy is an older uh, actor. Oh. <laughs> from probably the 40s-ish.
1: From the 1900s? Yes. So, let's see.
0: Discography, <laughs> 1929 was I his love first it. record. All the way through to 1976.
1: I mean, they were contemporaries, I guess. Kind of. Sort of.
0: He's yeah. an old timer. Yeah. But Frankie Valley, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I met Frankie Valley. Took a picture you of met Frankie Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> met I met Clint Eastwood. That was crazy. Well, I mean, he directed the movie. So. He did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. How was Clint? I mean, he's like the coolest guy ever. Mm. And uh, I mean, this was like shortly after the chair situation. So that was a little weird.
0: Yeah. But. Politics aren't great, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, show but yeah, business show Showbiz,
1: indeed. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, he, he let me improvise uh, on set, which was. That's rare for him, I
0: think, isn't hmm? it? I don't. Is, does he do that? I don't. I know.
1: don't know. I don't know. Did but it make he make the film? N- n- no, <laughs> But he liked it. Okay. But that 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 movie just stuck basically to the Broadway show script, so. right? Um, but uh, so you just
0: what you improvise to entertain him?
1: In indeed. Yeah. indeed, But you do like two takes. We we you know you don't do that much. It's a very quiet set. He's very just like efficient. Mm. Just gives you like one little adjustment, but really like trust the actors. Yeah. The way, when you're talking to him, he's like, "I don't like to look at myself anymore, Kimmy."
0: <laughs> really, he yeah. said that. Yeah, he's that's like, "When crazy. I like,
1: he's like, when I look at I look at myself, I see this old guy, but I don't feel old." <laughs> you it's <know>? oh, <laughs> you know? kind of heartbreaking. It's, yeah, somehow. Yeah, but then he also made jokes about, uh, you know, my improv being like rated G, rated. P- PG and then rated X.
0: <laughs> uh, that's funny. It sounds like he had yeah. a real uh, dynamic, a real relationship, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, he was. Listen, I mean, he's an actor, so yeah. you imagine that he just knows. He the cool thing about him is he knows and uh, like will will come to you because he's yeah. a legend. Like, cause I'm sure he's very. It's very intimidating to go to somebody. like Yeah, that with, where some people will close themselves off right and it's intimidating to approach them he was right. not like that he wasn't
0: like that that's mm-hmm. nice yeah. so when did you start that apple sisters podcast that was with earwolf right
1: yeah it was earwolf uh i think we started in 2010 sort maybe? of a
0: radio play kind of thing yeah yeah so we would
1: take our, our old live shows our scripted shows and we would write new podcasts about them so we would do because that was like,
0: like you must have been one of the first ones doing radio theater podcasts
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there I mean, was the thrilling adventure hour. They were doing stuff, I think, right. in Tanda, but in LA. So yeah. we didn't really, we we've eventually crossed paths. But, but yeah, we were doing like sc- I didn't realize how kind of revol, not revolutionary. Forgive me, because yeah. radio has been around, but like how different it was to be doing scripted stuff on right. podcast. Yeah, at because the time.
0: yeah, because it was the Wild West end I mean, that we started mm-hmm. in two thousand and nine, and there mm-hmm. were podcasts around, but it wasn't a popular medium. So mm-hmm. it, you could kind of do whatever you wanted. And there was only a, f- a couple that I knew of doing that scripted stuff.
1: Yeah. The yeah. you know,
0: straight-up radio plays, in a way, some of them. And that became a very popular mode later. I don't know when that happened, when it really started to take off.
1: Yeah. Uh, like why we didn't continue is because like, there was like, some, I don't know, some structure stuff, but then like, we didn't make any money doing that. Sure. We didn't. And they were... Um, they were uh paying their engineers but like i don't think that much and like then when they were like you guys have to figure this out on your own we we're like we have no idea how <laughs> to, do oh, to get
0: listeners yeah, and to figure make out make a living yeah once money.
1: yeah once we had done it for like a year yeah uh doing all these brand new scripted shows we were kind of like what are, like what are we doing we're just kind of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a, we had a great um we had a really great uh listenership you know yeah, and then it just it got it once they kind of handed it over to us. We were like, Ugh. Yeah, it's hard. To, how
0: do you fucking do it? How do you get traction? How do you do? What do you do? What, and hand it over to you in in which sense? It, in order to to like, try to monetize it?
1: No, I I don't. They they were just gonna take away. They were like, we don't we can't do your studio time anymore. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, oh. yeah. It was like the infrastructure they were taking like away that, from that's, the
0: podcast. Well, that what are you gonna do? What are you gonna then do? You gonna that? do it at your house? That kind of thing. So they yeah. kicked you out of the building.
1: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Yes. But I think that was when like some, you know, like when they're probably being bought by somebody. uh, Yeah.
0: Sure. By scripts.
1: Scripts. Yeah. But yeah, we were, that was, that was, it was fun for us because you didn't have to do props, costumes, book a stage, you know, but then there was, but, but, but all of the recording and, um, you know, tags and producing was all being done for us.
0: Oh, in order for you to keep doing it, we'd have to figure out, find somebody to do that.
1: Yeah. So it just went away. It just went away, that's right, it was yeah. kinda sad. Mm.
0: And then <laughs> yeah. you were just doing the acting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Back to acting, Mark. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then you get Glow.
1: Yep, I get Glow. The thing That definitely completely changed my life because I was about to actually go um, run a podcast network.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
1: yes. I'm
0: and right. they wanted you and Rebecca as a package.
1: For Glow, yes, yeah. So we auditioned together. So uh, Jen Euston, um, the casting director, yeah, the saw... legendary
0: casting director, legendary. Yes.
1: So I we met in New York. She saw The Apple Sisters. Was a fan of The Apple Sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, brought me in for like Scott Pilgrim. Um, oh yeah, like brought me in. Yeah. Was very very supportive. She's great.
0: Another one since I've known since she was like a child. I think. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's She's amazing. I've it's been and like she's you know uh, buds with Allison Jones. Like they kind of are yeah. and like those two really have changed my life for sure. Yeah. Um another casting director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh so yeah, Jen Jen brought Rebecca and I in and we just thought we didn't have a chance. We were like, Jenji Cohen show." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, a glow which we both knew and liked and yeah. we were like, "This is this is never going to happen." And so I was going to get like the timeline is kind of crazy cuz I was going to get on a plane. I was going to do the audition, get on a plane to New York, accept the job and then become a uh, executive producer of a podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we get we get the audition. We She's like, you can improvise, just do some characters and stuff. So we did like the Apple Sisters. Yeah. We did a couple of other bits that we'd kind of come up with because like, we drove back and forth to Vegas for years, Rebecca and I. We have... So many show ideas. We have so many characters that we do. Why, we why have, back
0: and forth to Vegas? Somewhere? Because
1: Sarah Lowe, my third Apple sister, yeah. lives in Vegas. So Rebecca and I would uh, drive to Las Vegas. So during those, I during those like hours and hours and hours on the road, the two of us, yeah. we came up with like we had a business together called the Nerds of a Feather, where we saw heather, feather fascinators. Uh-huh. We worked at the same bar together. Uh-huh. We uh we. Like we sold a pilot together. Like we have done so much shit because of that car ride. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that when this came along, it was just like an extension of just like us being in the car for five hours. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. <laughs> so.
0: That's a great story. The, <laughs> the incubator. Yeah. yeah.
1: Indeed. <laughs> and so we, um, yeah, we, we auditioned and then we got a call back and I was like, hilarious universe. So I had to move my plane for my interview yeah. a, a week. For I was the, like, let me the just
0: podcast network, the big podcast break. <laughs> The, what, <laughs> what, what 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 network is that? How are they doing now?
1: <laughs> They're it's Earwolf. <laughs> it <is. laughs> they were <work great. laughs> full circle. That's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I like the people that work there. Yeah. You know? um, so we got we did the callback, which they didn't give us a script. It was Liz Carly Genji. They're just like come up with some characters. So we we're like, okay, so we just came up with some wrestling characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we did some old ladies, mm-hmm. and uh even though they didn't ask for it but mm-hmm. uh then they just sat sat and talked to us about our story, and like we had how we met, and like we had children three months apart, and like <laughs> like, like we've just done everything together, and they wanted real friends who were also a comic duo right, and that like
0: it was custom made for you guys,
1: truly, but we yeah. just really didn't think, and we saw sedel coming down from like. Right. we were like she's so fit i was like we don't have a chance like
2: <laughs> like
1: i was like i ate a baby like nine months ago <laughs> like, this is not a good look <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: so we were like ah eh, fuck it you know this is kind of one of those auditions that yeah. we really threw caution to the wind um and then i went to have coffee the next day with molly prather and I decided to turn my phone off because I was like, I'm gonna be in the moment. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> yeah, we were roommates together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes to the bathroom, I decide to turn my phone back on and there's like forty missed calls. <laughs> and that was the day <laughs> that we got glow. Oh
0: wow. That's <laughs> great. It's nice when it's all at once. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, What, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It th- was a life changing experience for sure.
0: It was a great time we had.
1: <sighs> Man. It was a great time we had,
0: and it's so fucked up that we couldn't finish it.
1: Yeah, I really liked your message about the movie. I really liked what, it. I don't
0: remember what I said. You what? were
1: just talking on, on social media on a yeah. live stream. You're just like, yeah. just let us do the fucking movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like,
1: That's what the people want. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it wouldn't have been that big a deal.
1: No, it they could have, a big
0: have done. Deal. They, you know, they could have, like Netflix could have done it. You know, I don't know what budgetary. Like things, but it, w- it was already, they were already written the fucking season, most of it. Mm-hmm. So like the writing wouldn't have been that big a deal. And, you know, in terms of like, it, it just seemed like it could have been done. It would have been a nice thing to do.
1: It would have been really nice.
0: But it really mm-hmm. was an issue of, I do, it's not that I have sympathy, but I, have, I understand why they couldn't do it. They were just holding on to the all those location sets and it was in, indefinable. And it, we, we could barely do it now. I mean, right. what, you know, the protocols just shifted with that kind of show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there was no way to do it without daily testing. And it just wasn't there. And they couldn't wait. Yeah. What are you going to do?
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was sad. That was a tough call to get in, like, the midst of all this shit, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. So what? What? how did you get this Eliza thing? How? Because how, this is, like, the first feature film.
1: Yeah. So I started directing television. Like, I got my DGA. I, I started directing before like I directed a couple YouTube Red series I directed like a bunch of like sketches and I did all of Rachel Bloom's like music videos and you did mm -hmm, and like uh, like, so you've been really busy with it yeah yeah before before Glow came along I was just doing these like I did a a web series called Junketeers for Comedy Central and Mm -hmm. I did a YouTube Red show called Hyperlinked and um, I'd done those pilots and they both got picked up for series and it was kind of one of those things that motivated me that this might be what I should be doing instead. Right, and, right. Then, and then of course, Glow was like, nope. Um,
0: <laughs> they wouldn't let you direct?
1: No, 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 no. Oh. No, they, no, they just like- Oh, they like, casted you. So yeah, you're they back in Yeah, so I'm back in acting you, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. You, However- You're back
0: to the puppet show.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though I didn't believe it. Like, I just didn't believe that like anything, I don't. I didn't trust acting. Like I don't trust acting gigs. Like I, yeah, they no, always feel worse. so yeah. fleeting. And
0: you don't have any power. No agency.
1: Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Even though like it was the greatest ex- like acting sure. experience of my life, um, but I was just like I don't know what's going to happen after this. I need some like insurances. And so actually, I got my first DGA gig during first season one of Glow. So they let me off an episode to direct this uh, Amazon show, mm-hmm. which was amazing because mm-hmm. they didn't have to do that. But it was yeah. very nice. Um, and uh, so but they saved a salary so that's good good all around yeah (laughs) but uh, then after directing a bunch of television I was you know I directed my first feature was a documentary called Nerdcore Rising that I did in 2008 and wow uh, I made it um with uh Nageen Farsad, we made it. we followed this guy, MC Frontalot, who rapped about Dungeons and Dragons and Magic uh, the Gathering, you uh-huh. know, it's very yeah. funny. So we yeah. were discovering this world in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. And we raised our own money. Um, it was pre Kickstarter, so we were just like asking people to PayPal us money and we would put them in the credits. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Always on the forefront Mark. Yeah. Good. Um, Cutting edge. Good. <laughs> and that went to South by Southwest in two thousand and eight. So that's kind of like where I started... Um,
0: put you on the map. Put, yeah,
1: put yeah put me on the yeah. map in terms of like, I, I didn't go to film school, but this is kind of like my... I learned how to operate a camera. I learned yeah. how to you know do sound. And I, yeah. I'd always been tinkering. I wanted to get back to a feature. So when this came o- along, that it was actually getting made, which you know is a miracle that any movie gets made. And, Eliza's? Yeah, Eliza's movie. Yeah. And she had been trying to make it for a long time. I read it. I liked it. I knew what to do with it. Right. Um, it was with Universal. And um, it got pushed by three months. I was going to shoot in Chicago, then it got pushed by three months. Um and, so shot, and shot in LA. Okay. So, so yeah. the,
0: it was good. She had good on paper for a long time. Yeah. Eliza had the script.
1: Yeah. She had the script for a long time because okay. it was based on the story that she told in stand up. Yeah. And so she, you know, it it, it About
0: takes... dating a guy that turned out to be a complete fraud.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I had to pitch, you know, to her and the producers and Universal, and I got the job. So you had to
0: pitch your vision for the for for how you yeah do it. did yeah. you have to make a board?
1: I the first meeting was uh, just all talking about story characters, okay. how it was going to look, yeah. and then the second meeting I put Excuse. together a little lookbook for okay, them. Look and, book, yeah, yeah. Oh good. And had casting ideas, and uh-huh. so you know and the the a lot of the references were you know those old thrillers and
0: yeah and. You know, Eliza trusted you from the get go?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. No, we we had a great working relationship and she's like She's you a know, worker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would have notes and I would send them to her and then she would turn around the script in like three days while she was on the road doing stand up. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, a
0: fucking worker, man. Yeah,
1: work so such a hard worker and um you know I uh I I you know it came together so fast because I originally I think I was hired probably a month before they were gonna start shooting mm. and then it got pushed. So we got some time to develop the script and like get shit together. But luckily I had worked on a lot of independent I come you know from independent film, a lot right. of indie stuff. So sure. I could call upon a lot of good people, um, including my A D, Drew Langer, who um, worked with the uh Duplass brothers. So he really gets that like sure low budget, yeah fast paced. Oh yeah, there world. are people that
0: Lynn could make a movie in a couple weeks. Yes. Oh, oh know, Drew like,
1: Drew is actually Lynn's was Lynn's A D.
0: Yeah. And right.
1: that's why I was, uh, I obviously hugely admired everything she did and probably modeled my whole yeah. <laughs> like career after what she did.
0: Yeah, when she wanted to make a movie, she'd make a movie.
1: I know. It's that's so crazy. inspiring. Yeah. Like, just do it. Like, what are you waiting yeah. for? Because yeah. we know that if you go through the studio, it'll take forever. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie felt very much in that spirit. It was just like, let's do it. And, yeah. you know, called in every favor possible.
0: And it was popular, right? I mean...
1: Listen, it it was like this $1.2 million movie at at Universal. Yeah. It got... We finished it right at the top of the pandemic. So I finished uh, editing in February 2020. Yeah. And then had to do all the rest of the post stuff when the pandemic was first starting. Yeah. So we were just like invent... Like we were like let's try this thing called Zoom. Right, know? yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> and try to like do ADR. Uh, but they didn't the put it, it didn't
0: get released until after, or till a few months ago, right?
1: Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. So when I kind of, when, when we started this film, we kind of thought it was going to be, you know, this, uh, you know, South by Southwest in some sure. theaters, and then Netflix kind of came in, they really got behind it, and uh-huh. like put it on billboards in Times Square. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's like I skipped went... all
0: those. You skipped the, the, the <laughs> like it could, it might not have gone that way. Yeah. If you'd gone festivals.
1: Yeah, it probably just you'd have been to find this... a
0: distributor and like just, but yeah, but yeah, they made a big deal of it because they're, did was she does she have a deal there or or like because no. they they've they've given her a lot of opportunities. I yeah,
1: think. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, had they like her. Show, right. She had like five specials. Yeah. It was the perfect place to go ultimately because it would have ended up at a streamer anyway. And so the fact that, uh, yeah, I think
0: when I saw her, she's like number three on Netflix.
1: That was trippy. And I was scared out of my mind because this, you know, you, I kind of went in thinking like, okay, great. This will be like, you know, like all my friends are like, they all, they do the festivals and yeah, then they slowly sure. get to yeah, their big movie. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just like <laughs> out of the gate. Like, you're like, you're a director now you do yeah. features. yeah, This is what we think of you. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, It was scary.
0: Yeah. Is it still scary?
1: It is still scary.
0: Have you gotten but, offers and stuff? Are you? Yeah, you, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. It's been great. Oh, it's, good. It's been great, and um, you know, it's still, it's still always going to be hard to make a movie, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I had been uh, attached to a big Sony feature before I got Eliza's movie, and yeah. it fell through. But that attachment to that big movie is the thing that got me Eliza's movie. Right. So everything like serves its purpose, obviously, sure. and like everything's a, yeah. a learning lesson, and the the. GLOW helped my directing career, the movies helped my TV directing career. <laughs> like,
0: sure, you yeah, know, you yeah. You never know. Where. But it's working out. It's,
1: it's working out. <laughs>
0: All right, well, it's good to see you.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Mark. This is such a nice thing yeah. to, for you to invite me. Yeah. I always wondered when it was gonna happen, if it was ever gonna happen. It happened. And it means so much. Oh, thank And you. my father-in-law listens to this podcast religiously, so what's up, Jay? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Okay, well, good. I, I'm glad. It, it was great. I, I love talking to you.
1: <laughs> I have to say, yeah. he, he called, he says, Kimmy, Mark talked about your movie today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so thank you for that, too.
0: <laughs> but now he's going to know a lot about you. Kimmy <laughs> Gatewood, Good on Paper, the movie with Eliza Schlesinger that she directed is now streaming on Netflix. Here's some sad guitar for Charlie Watts. Monkey, Lafonda, cat angels everywhere.